Hi, this is Cameron. And I'm Jorge Luis. And today we're going to take a little peek at how COVID is affecting Ecuador and kind of compare and contrast that with how we, we see um, it affecting the United States culturally. We have a special guest with us too, so stay tuned. Thanks for being with us and let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. Hi, this is Cameron Vivanco. I'm the co-founder of Education Equals Hope, and I get to direct the program here in Ecuador. And my name is Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I am the coordinator of teams and training for Equals H here in Ecuador. Yay! Ecuador. I of say that course. every time. I just get excited. <laughs> of course. Um, today, we are looking a little bit about, we're looking at how the COVID-19 pandemic mm-hmm. has affected the country of Ecuador, mm-hmm. especially our particular um, demographic. And by that, I mean education equals hopes, their students, the families, the ministry sites, those who are living in desperate and difficult situations mm. to begin with, um, and how this this pandemic really has thrown that into dire and extreme situations. True. Um, we have a special guest with us today. <laughs> Our good friend, Mika. And I'm not going to say your last name. I'm going to mess <laughs> it up. You say your last name. My name is Mika Inswasti. Thank you for the invite today. It's an honor to be here. Thanks Mika, for coming. Mika works with, uh, well, she has a Applied Education Equals Hope with interns. Mm. She works with another part of Youth World called Living and Learning International. It's a study abroad program. And if you want to know more about that, we would love to tell you. It's a fantastic program Mm -hmm. that uh, does a semester abroad here in Ecuador. Mika is in charge of their internships, uh, but has we think a unique perspective, which is why we've invited her to be a part of this conversation today. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, when you work in ministries and when you work with different cultures, you learned a lot. And I'm sure that, Mika, you have uh, you have lived a lot of different experiences and seen and met different people and seen their where they come from, you know, and all this, all this cultures and all this colliding working of with, ideas. Working with U- American students. With you, American students. United States yeah. and students for a long, long time yeah. working in an American school here. Fluent English, it's better than mine. You guys will see in just a second. Um, and having deep relationship and connections in the United States and being like Jorge Luis, being from Ecuador and really understanding this culture in ways that I never will, despite however many years I live here. Mm-hmm. So we really wanted to invite Mika to be a part of this conversation with us as we look at what are maybe some of the differences of how yeah. COVID is impacting baseline culture in the two different worlds. How have you seen that, Mika? Because it's really interesting to hear from someone like you, like all these differences. Yeah, navigating through both cultures simultaneously connecting with partner sites here in Ecuador and connecting with North American college students. It's been interesting to hear the difference, see the difference and see the perspective that each of the cultures approach mm-hmm. COVID with. Um, being for the last month in the United States. Right, because you just in, traveled. Yeah. Where did you get to go? Uh, to seven different states. Seven so, states, wow. man, she traveled and yes. I got to see the fall trees and go down oh, through New Hampshire damn. and all that, so it's great. Um, But it was interesting to see there's something coming, even in the difference. Mm -hmm. So 
how common grief is for both common, cultures. How common grief is. Oh, wow. Everybody has experienced somehow grief in huh. this season mm. of life, whether that's a family member passing away or not being able to attend a graduation, a mm. wedding, mm-hmm. um, or whether that's a day-to-day grieving of losing the routine that you have. Mm-hmm. Mm. All in that spectrum, you can see the grief that no matter what culture you're from, no matter where geographically you are, you have experienced some type of grief. Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting having a common ground to relate to people in that level, but then the realities of of the day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. You see it in the States. Most homes um, that I've been exposed to have a pantry. A pantry. Where, where you have access to food for the next week, month. Mm, you mm-hmm. are prepared for that. So if you're in lockdown, you have access to that. You got a freezer full. You have a freezer. Yes. You have yeah. a pantry. That's yes. true. That's true. Mm-hmm. You have experienced grief in so many levels, but the day-to-day life hasn't mm-hmm. been as impacted because you're still having access to your basic needs every day. And how do you contrast to that to what you see here? Here in Ecuador you hear your doorbell ringing three times a day because mm. people need mm-hmm. to fill an immediate need that it's food. So people are ringing your do- doorbell and asking for food. Because that's what they need. People doesn't have savings. That's not a part of culture. That's not a part mm-hmm. of what we're able to do. Yeah. Yeah. Most part of the population here in Ecuador. Yeah. So you leave on daily basis. You make $2.50 a day. And that's mm-hmm. how you go to the store at night to buy two breads, two eggs, a pound of rice. And then that's why you make that night. And yeah. that's how you are living every day. You're thinking meal by meal, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so, no yeah. meal planning. Like, should we have chicken or pork? So <laughs> meal I planning, be able to like, eat tomorrow? Do, is I, the do I have enough for bread physically to buy bread today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So interesting, the reality mm-hmm. of contrasting both of those. Yeah. Um, once again, bringing back grief, mm-hmm. you're grieving different things. Yeah. And it's not right or wrong. It's just different, the ways that you're grieving. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to basic needs and immediate things that you need every day, yeah. it's very different. Very. I, when I connect with my family and friends in the United States, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I hear a lot of people being really thrilled to have supermarket delivery now. Like they, they don't have to go to the grocery <laughs> store. The grocery store comes to them. And, and granted, that has started yeah. here in, yeah. in Ecuador too. But I, I am very thankful that my world, and I understand that this is my world, and there's hundreds of different microcosms of worlds in the yeah. United States, but my world um, is is not people who who are worrying about what they're going to eat. Mm-hmm. But here in Ecuador, we, we've talked about uh, how Educationalist Hope has um, done food baskets for our families um, for a number of months and now have given, um, instead of doing the actual food baskets, given that money to churches for the churches to, to do that because maybe they, they need help with the electric bill or yes. they need help with the Internet so students can stay connected to their classes more than... Um, <laughs> uh, more than just that, I'm laughing because as I was driving here just a few mm-hmm. minutes ago mm-hmm. uh, to meet y'all for this podcast, I have no idea what the radio channel was, but it was talking about uh, triangles and hypotenuse and 
different oh. theories and theorems. And I was like, <laughs> I've, I've come in in the middle of somebody's math class. Like, as all of Ecuador is still on virtual schooling, I, whatever radio channel this was, it yes. was someone's paragraph. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Oh, the name is on the tip of my tongue. The P word for the theory of in triangles. Oh, I'm not going to say it. Um, I'm going to get it wrong. Can't help you. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not math people. We're not math people. We're creatives here, Mort. Oh, we're shit. It's right there. <laughs> anyway, I was in the middle of someone's math class. Pythagoras. Yes, that's it. But how do you <laughs> say it in good. English? I don't know. How do you say it in English? Pythagoras. I don't know how you anyway, say it in English. Anyway, we were in the middle of somebody's math class and just realizing how different it is that that a government would, would go to putting all of ma- someone's math class on a radio. You, you, you're not even looking at yeah. a diagram. And I'm listening to them trying to describe the angles and all of the, the three sides are equal, unilateral. Wow. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful I didn't have to learn math this way. Yeah. All of that to say that there are a lot of uh, changes that are happening in life and, and time and culture. And I never knew that I would grieve not be yeah. able to go to math yeah. class, but I did grieve that for the students who are listening today. Like, how do you, I, I've, I've already, I already know how to do this, or I, I did at one <laughs> point in my life. And I am having a hard time visualizing what you're saying over the radio. Um, that's, that's, that is giving me like a lot of ideas and questions. The first question that I have for me is, when you were here, because you, you started the pandemic here, mm-hmm. right? And and in our country, in Ecuador, everything closed mm-hmm. down really, really fast and really drastically. We were not even able to go out um, out of a certain hours. We had a curfew. When you went to the States, of course, months have, have passed through. But how, what was the difference that you perceived mm-hmm. at first of people, you know, doing life? Yeah. I think something that was very relevant was the difference between collective versus individualistic culture. Mm, so here, collective that. culture, no. um, we're very family oriented, very mm-hmm. collective. Collectivism is important here. So if you're asked to wear a mask, it's not for yourself, but it is for the people around you. Most of the households have grandpa, grandma, parents, cousins sons, daughters, like the whole family lives in the same building. Mm -hmm. So you kind of don't have a choice to care for Mm -hmm. the rest of the people. But I think that is... And your mentality is that you would always care for them. And it's so ingrained of of us. There's no even a question that we will not follow those rules because it is important to care Mm -hmm. for everybody else around you, even when I'm 31 and I'm healthy and I'm active and I will be okay if I get it, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but you think about everybody else around you. Mm-hmm. Um, opposite to some of the people I came in contact with in North America, it's more about, well, I'm not allowed to do this. Mm. I don't have the freedom to do this, or I have the right for, to do this. It's more an individualistic mindset in the sense of, um, these are the rights I have been given, and right now, I should have the right to say mm. that I don't want to wear a mask and I'm not going to do it. Mm. So I think it's just so ingrained within that society, the depth mm-hmm. of our culture and our upbringing. Um, yeah, that's one of the differences yeah. that I noticed. It's, you know, I think maybe the mask mandate uh, is where I have seen that as well. And being an individualistic minded person, that's my culture that I grew up in. And I didn't even realize 
how different that is or was until I am immersed in a communal society that is focused on community over the individual. And as a North American, being an individualist in North America, like, of course you're going to do that. Like, it's like a fish in water going, I wonder what water is. They keep talking about (laughs) water. I don't, what are are they talking about? Uh, It's just so natural and normal Mm. to you that you don't realize that it even exists until you get out of it. And then me being that fish in that water coming to this water being like oh this is different yeah and that's like super interesting me sharing with people and friends and Mm -hmm. family and supporters like yeah we have driving restrictions we get fined if we don't wear masks Uh, (laughs) you got fined because (laughs) i got fined for not wearing a mask for wearing a mask below my nose you know but Um, you had had it it on yeah oh my gosh so well, and then there I was just like policemen like around there that saw you and they find you. Yeah, they got in there, like just like walk you were walking out of their down the car. street, walked over to you. Um, yeah, I was exercising, but I wasn't following the rules, so I deserve a fine because that's what the law says wow. here. Yeah, <laughs> but wow. I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> but that's kind of how it works here, yeah. and and this is generalizing because I think people. And North America and people in Ecuador has different perspectives yes, on sure. like these specific topics, and um, but it's interesting just like the mentality and and people saying like, how can the government have that much power to do that? Mm-hmm. But at times I'm not even aware of that because that's just the reality that it's I know. Until you go to a different reality and a different normal, and you're like, yeah, why does the government has that much power to be able to do that (laughs) and to find me for not wearing a mask so it's like the extremes of that it's it's interesting to navigate it's interesting it's interesting for me to think that how every country in the world is dealing with covid every country is looking at it through a cultural lens whether they're aware of it or not Mm -hmm. and um, the cultural lens here i think mika's done a, a great job of explaining this communal reality of Ecuador, that we do care for each other, that we are um, the good, you know, the good of the many is more important than the good of the one. So if you have to sacrifice for the good of the many, well, that's what you're expected to do. And just how much that is ingrained here in this culture. And yet, as we were talking about in our last podcast, the government has has all this control, yeah. but it has such little resource yeah. to help those who are in desperate and difficult needs now, who don't have a mm-hmm. pantry, who don't who really um, lured us at one of our ministry sites. I had a conversation mm-hmm. with this week, and, and she was talking about um, being engaged with one of the elderly, I mean, not elderly, really like 65, older women in the congregation who was just not herself. And Lord, this was so worried, like, what's the matter? What's the matter? What's the matter? And she finally, this woman kept on saying, nothing, nothing, I'm fine, I'm fine, nothing. And then Lord, this asked specifically, did you eat breakfast? Hmm. No, hmm. no, I didn't. Did you eat yesterday? N- no. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you ate? Two and a half days ago. Huh. All right. And and that is the reality of the the church and the ministry sites that we're yeah. working yeah. with. And I know that that situation also is in the United States. Um, I don't happen to work to work there to be yeah. in that. Yeah. But it's incredible to see what people are doing. The generosity of people online mm-hmm. as I'm watching that and. And seeing ministries in the United States and then knowing and feeling it here. Yeah. And the challenge in how do we participate in that? Mm -hmm. 
like in com- within community development, like long term is what we desire for. Mm-hmm. But in times like this with COVID, mm-hmm. is an immediate need. How do you reach or fill that immediate need of a person mm-hmm. and then share the gospel with them? Mm-hmm. You can just meet that spiritual need if they haven't eaten breakfast. Right. Yeah, so very, very, not really going to pay attention to you, not really going to think that you're Mm -hmm. um, living out what it is you say you believe if they're they're on an empty tummy. Mm -hmm. Hey, Mika, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for being a part of this. Maybe we can have you back sometime in the future. Thanks for having me. Um, If you would like to know more about Education Equals Hope, please visit our website, www.educationequalshope.org. And we also have one if you're interested in bringing short-term teams. Mm Uh, that's what is it? Hope on the ground. Dot org. There dot we go. Org. Yes. Hope on the ground. Dot org. Please um, check that out. We are so so happy to um, have this opportunity of sharing all this information with you. But we will also love to host you down here so that you can uh, bring a group of people, a short term team, to not just learn how life is done here, but also to learn how God is working in our country, in our cultures. Thank you so much for listening this time. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to our Hopecast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, www.educationequalshope.org or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.